Hello and welcome to the 4 Comic Junkies Podcast. When the comics aren't enough and you need a little extra fix. I'm your host, JJ Hodges, and I hope everyone is having a beautiful week. Uh, we are going, as of this recording, we're going into Labor Day weekend. You know, I don't, what do we, what do we, what, did, what, what is Labor Day? I don't even know. I just know I get a day off of work. That's good enough for me. Some of you don't, though, and I apologize for that. That stinks. Anywho, we got a great show for you today. Um, my guests are the hosts of Always Hold On to Arrow, Lance Lassiter and Cavante Chillis, two of the coolest guys you'll ever meet and get get to have a chance to talk to. I mean, they're funny, they're smart, they're just, you know, you know, they're big, they're big, they're big fans, they're big nerds, you know. Uh, Kev is uh, slowly building up his uh, comic book uh, pedigree. Uh, trying to catch up with Lance and I, <laughs> and, uh, you know, so it was fun to kind of get, you know, Lance's opinion on, on this book, you know, one that he was familiar with, and, um, and then with, uh, Kev, who had, uh, really, you know, no idea what he was getting into, you know, the book is really dense, it's really, it, it's a lot to take in, you know, Kevin Smith does not at all shy away from the fact that this is firmly placed in, you know, DC history, and, Oh, it's such a good book. I highly recommend Green Arrow Quiver to anyone out there. Um, if you are looking for me online, you can find me for Comic Junkies. That's F-O-R-4 at Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. You can email me for Comic Junkies at gmail.com. And if you're listening to this podcast on Apple, uh, please uh, write a review. Um, you know, do one of those uh, do one of those rate things. Tell your friends. Tell tell all your friends. Tell some people you don't like, too. Say, hey, I don't like you, but you should still listen to this podcast. Because that's what people do. That's what friends do. That's what they do. All right, let's get right into the episode with Green Arrow Quiver. All right. Today, I am joined by... Well, there we go. I had to wait for the lady to say it. Oh, geez. Oh, you can't hear the lady, but I heard her. Anyway, I'm talking to the listeners. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, today, I'm joined by uh, the amazing and awesome hosts of Always Hold On to Arrow, Cavante Kev- uh, Chillis and Lance Lassiter. Thank you both so much for joining me for this special 80th anniversary Green Arrow Bonanza. Thanks, man. <laughs> what a yeah. Thanks for having us. What a welcome. I'm <laughs> I'm already feeling good, man. <laughs> awesome. Uh, well, you know it's well deserved. I'm a big fan of you guys' show. Uh, I became a fan of uh, both of you listening to you on uh, our mutual friend Zach's um, "Always Hold On to Smallville" podcast, um, and then you guys just uh, decided to. Do your own thing. Do your own Arrow podcast. Um, you know, I, I'm pretty sure I've asked you both this before, but how did that how did that come about? You wanting to do your own, um, uh, you know, watch through of Arrow, so to speak, but not quite the same that Zach was doing because that's kind of crazy what he did. But <laughs> your yeah. your you know, uh, yeah. distilled version of that. You know, what how did that come about? Our origin story. Yeah. Yes. Oh, I think, well, it's best if yeah, Kev tells so, 
My first time ever being on a podcast was with Zach on Always Hold On to Smallville. It was, uh, we covered Lexmas. And I was listening to his show just like everyone else was for a long time. And I had heard him in Lance uh, co-op episodes a lot. And I had actually never met Lance yep. or spoken to him. But I was like, this dude sounds like a guy I'd really vibe with. <laughs> and as Arrow was ending, uh, it's, it's eighth season. And, you know, we're going through that. I actually, the day after, I think the finale, I tweeted him like, hey, do you want to do a retrospective arrow podcast and he said yes <laughs> yeah uh we uh we knew we didn't want to do it like zach because zach is crazy and he's uh-huh. doing each and every episode of the young superman show <laughs> um, yep, yep. but uh we wanted to do a little different spin on it and so and kind of make it our own and uh we took off there and let's see we're about to start season four coverage so uh i'm looking forward to Hopefully, doing more podcasts uh, about various other topics. Uh, I'm hooked now. So. <laughs> oh yeah, you're in it now. <laughs> um, this, uh, yeah. So the, uh, you know, the, the you know wanting to bring you guys on, and I thought about saying like let's just talk Arrow, um, but I was like that's ah, too easy. Let's let's try something else. So uh, today we're talking about uh, Green Arrow Quiver which was Kevin Smith's, uh, I think, first big comic book run. I don't think he'd written any comic books before then. I could be wrong. Um, see how great I am with research. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> I think he wrote, I think he yeah, I was going to say, maybe not DC. I, I've been doing a little research on this, so I don't think he was necessarily DC. I think it was Marvel with Daredevil, right, Lance? Yeah, because yeah. he'd written Daredevil before. Okay, okay, that's that's right, that's right. Okay, so this was like, you know, uh, must be 20-some years ago. This was like... 99 2000 2001 somewhere around there he was doing all this um and Mm -hmm. uh kevin smith is uh i i will admit to being a not a kevin smith fan for a long time simply because i was probably just really jealous of him because he was like this like (laughs) famous nerd that like made a lot of money and made cool movies and um and I was like, I was like, he's not a real nerd. He's a poser. Um, but then again, if you were to read either his Daredevil run or the Green Arrow run, um, you, you know that is not correct. He is actually quite encyclopedic when it comes to um, when it comes to comic books. Like this Quiver storyline that he did, it was ten issues, you know, back in the late 90, you know, 99, 2000, something like that. And and holy crap, is it? immersed in dc mythology like you gotta you know like kev was saying before we recorded he was he felt a little lost and i i don't blame you i'm i'm much more versed in it than than you are but i still get a little bit like wait what was that what's happening here you know what i mean (laughs) yeah yeah it's this is the this book is probably the most comic bookiest comic book run that i've ever read because like a lot of the cuts in there are deep and the references that he pulls are deep and you know he doesn't really necessarily make you feel like dumb or like out of your out of your space when you're reading it like he kind of like let let you know that like yeah this it's kind of 
you kind of know when you're reading it that like he, he knows that a lot of these things are deep cuts it's kind of he's kind of winking at you when he's writing it right so i th- i kind of appreciate that in his writing style but it's i mean a lot of these things like it's 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 super comic booky but at the same time it's so kevin smith like if you've seen anything that he's done or heard him talk or watch any of his movies like like you could tell that like he, he's the the creative force behind this yeah absolutely it's it's very dialogue heavy and he mentions that in the um in the uh in the foreword mm-hmm. you know that um now, I know Kevin and I, or Kevin, uh, excuse me, Lance and I read that, um, the the deluxe edition, you know, where he says that, that like DC was giving him a little bit of pushback, like, you know, mm-hmm. how many lines of dialogue in this, in this book? And, and it paid off for him, you know, he's, he's sold, you know, like four printings and that's, you know, of issue number one. And, and I think it's such a fun it, it's, it's such a fun story because it, it does get heavy. It does get kind of metaphysical a little not metaphysical but uh a little macabre but also uh spiritual which but i think that fits with kevin's style you know like dogma Mm -hmm. right you know a little bit like that where there's aspects of yeah his personal you can see the dogma but the dogma influence is very very much heavy in that yes yes um and i think you know but i also feel like i read it and I was really championing for this story to be somehow adapted into Arrow. And it didn't really, except for Stanley Dover in mm-hmm. season seven, which was a gigantic disappointment to me, if I'm being perfectly honest. Um, <laughs> I didn't. Well, I, I mean, it's not the only thing about season like, seven that's a gigantic disappointment. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I will say that the first half of the season before Elseworlds was really great uh, when he was in prison. Those were really good stories, I thought. Um, oh, yeah. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, all that was great. Yep. But, uh, yeah, they and they brought no, in... Um, getting, getting, yeah, getting, getting into this? Yeah, yeah. Man, I was genuinely generally lost, like a like reader. <laughs> um, we, I have been reading comics, uh, just over on Always on the Arrow. Lance is getting me right; he's making me correct. <laughs> I'm learning things, but boy, if what I was reading was baby steps, this was a this was jumping into the deep end for me. Yeah, like yes. I opened it up. Well, I read it digitally, so I didn't open it up, but I scrolled through it. And I was like, did I pick the right comic? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Am I reading <laughs> the right thing here? And just like I was like, wait, Oliver Queen is is dead okay 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 connor hawk is 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 the green arrow right now okay wait mm-hmm. uh where's barry allen oh he's dead or stuck in the speed force i think who is hal jordan what and i was just like <laughs> drinking from a fire hose trying to catch up with all these things but yeah no as, as a person who i'd never read this i knew it existed but i've never picked it up mm-hmm. it's crazy as large as a green arrow fan i am this is like probably one that people would most recommend me to read Yep. Other than what I've already read with Lance, but yeah. man, this was, this was a, it was a fun read. I, I, I didn't, I wasn't aware comics went this, 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 this way. I didn't realize like spirits and bodies in heaven. And like, I had no idea. So I'm learning that as I'm reading this and it just makes me want to read more comics. So after this, I need suggestions on where to go from here. <laughs> Cause <laughs> I just, I just read the 80th, um, <laughs> which, uh, you know, we're going to talk about that uh, eventually, but um, yeah, no, I, I just, I just want to read more comics now. Like I'm, I'm getting hooked. That, <laughs> that is amazing to hear. And Lance, thank you for, <laughs> for pushing him that, that direction. 
Um, I, <laughs> but no uh, problem, no problem. Well, of course, of course. Um, I, I think uh, what you know, uh, Lance. Have you ever read um, uh, like Green Lantern Rebirth or Flash Rebirth? Yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah. So I I feel like it it's a little bit like. It's it's a little bit like that, isn't it? Where it's it's very much a a refresher course on DC mythology, and it's like pushing you into the book, like trying to get you, like, okay, this is what happened, and it's not. And like you were saying, it it doesn't, it, it's not talking down to you for not knowing it. It's it's really just saying like, hey, well, this is the history. It's a lot mm -hmm. of exposition, but I think it's done very cleverly with with flashbacks and yes. And even with in, in this story with Oliver, his memory stopping at a certain point so that the other characters can try and fill him in and mm -hmm. and help him out. And of course, he's like resistant to all that. But um, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, no, I, I I agree with you. I was I was about to mention the rebirths stories yeah. uh, because I mean, you I mean, you know this, JJ, like within the same. I mean, because this all happened like the rebirth things happen within three rebirth stories happen within like what five to ten years of each other. Yep. This Green Lantern and Flash, and if you think about it, the '90s, you know, from the late '80s through most through pretty much all of the '90s and into the early 2000s, Green Lantern was Kyle Rayner, the Flash was Wally West, and the Green Arrow was Connor Hawk. So there's an entire generation of people that had no idea really Flash. Green Arrow and Green Lantern were not the iconic ones, right? right? It was the new ones, and then for a lot of for a generation of people, that is their Flash, Green Arrow, and Green Lantern. And so it was—I don't know if it was controversial, but it was shocking and it was noteworthy and newsworthy that they were bringing those characters back because they had been dead for so long. Mm -hmm. And it's it's kind of unusual that comics, you know, keep a character dead, you know, because <laughs> yes. I mean, we all know this, especially watching TV shows, but in comics, especially, it's kind of hard to keep them dead because remember in the early nineties, they killed Superman. He was back within a year. Right. Um, they didn't kill Batman. They didn't have the guts. So they just, they just broke his back and then they had him come back within a year. But, you know, Green Lantern, you know, was dead after becoming a bad guy. Like his story was over. Right. So, or so we thought, uh, you know, and Oliver was dead and, Yep. While, and then Barry was gone since crisis. He was gone since the mid eighties. So he was gone for the longest time. So it's, yep. it's, it was, again, it was super noteworthy when this came out because a, you have a big name attached to it and B you have a character coming back to life. And it was just like, Oh, well we, every, you know, fans have to pay attention to this. It's, you know, um, in the Marvel area, like, you know, it seems like this happens like every other year when they bring Jean back because they keep killing Jean and then bringing her back. Um, but <laughs> very annoying. I, but very DC, annoying. <laughs> agreed. <laughs> so uh but here it was a big deal i remember yes. that do you remember that being a big deal and this being a big deal yeah uh i do um i don't i wasn't buying the comics at the time but i remember seeing ads for it and seeing mm -hmm. like kevin smith's name on it and thinking that was cool uh yeah. like oh okay so kevin smith is is doing it that's cool um and i was but i also think at the time i wasn't really a kevin smith fan maybe maybe he was just okay. an acquired taste for me i don't know but like nowadays i watch like like Clerks 2 and Mallrats and Dogma and, and I, I love those movies, you know, but um, mm -hmm. but like back in when I was a kid, I didn't really care for them too much. Um, I'm still not a big fan of the first Clerks movie, which blows people's minds. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, but I remember that happening. I remember when uh, there were ads for Hal Jordan coming back and that's how I got mm -hmm. into kind of the larger DC universe outside of Batman and Superman 
was because okay. I thought that the ads for Green Lantern Reaper looked so cool. I was they like, were. I, I gotta get I gotta get this book. And it took me a while because the first issue was sold out for weeks. Yeah, well, same thing with this one and the Flash one as well. Like this, yeah. these were hard. To, like these books are so hard to come by. Even now, it's hard to find a trade of Kevin Smith's run. It's hard to find. Yeah. They're so rare, and it's 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 crazy. And the same thing goes for you know the Flash Rebirth and the Green Lantern one because mm-hmm. you know people really really you know those stories resonated with them and they really appreciated them. So they people bought them up. Yeah, yeah, and. And, you know, for good reason, because they're they're really well told. And I think that Kevin Smith wasn't afraid to just make it a comic booky thing like, oh, Green Arrow comes back because Hal Jordan made him come back. And he's, mm-hmm. you know, just Oliver from like the 80s, the hard traveling heroes, Green Lantern, exactly. Green Arrow, Arrow, or yeah, Green Lantern, Green Arrow version of Oliver. Um, and uh, and I think that helped kind of clue us in. Because we're, you know, we're with Oliver the whole time going, what the heck is going on here? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that that's kind of fun to be just as in the dark as the character is, because I think that's more interesting than if we knew, but he didn't know. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. No, I I was going to say that that's what helped me as a guy coming to this for the first time, not knowing anything about what's going on. I felt Mm -hmm. very much like Oliver, like, who is this person? Why are we doing things this way now? Why do you even look like that? Like, these are questions that I didn't know. And yeah. I was like, oh, well, Oliver's also learning them. And I, I love that they did that, even to a point where, like, he was, like, missing certain scars that he hadn't gotten yet. Like, he had literally come back from a certain point that, even though I didn't read or I had no idea, I still felt like, oh, I don't feel dumb not knowing who all these people are, because neither does he. And, he had, and like, yeah. it's a great way of doing exposition without mm-hmm. doing plain exposition. You don't feel like you're being force fed a story. You feel like you're naturally learning with the character, which is the best way to do it. So that gives credit to Kevin Smith for having that amazing writing technique of yeah. cluing people into a story where he's trying to bring back a character that it kind of sounds like DC didn't really want him to. <laughs> yeah. You know, it, like from, from what, everything he said about it, it kind of seems like they were like, you know, don't do this, but he kind of did it anyway. And because it yeah. worked, they're like, okay. And Honestly, this is what early two thousands. Yeah, was was Oliver Queen popular enough to make it on Smallville without this run? Probably not. <laughs> you know, and then hence, do we then have Stephen Amell cast as Oliver Queen as Arrow, and will we have a podcast? And I'll be talking right now. Probably no. not. <laughs> so, I'm glad he. Uh, I'm glad he got DC to let him do this yeah. <laughs> because it's an interesting story, uh, and it's yeah. it's a good jumping off point for me as I'm really kind of falling in love with comics now they're not just something i want to do because i like superheroes now i'm like starting to really appreciate the style and writing and the art and i'm like noticing more things that i never noticed before mm-hmm. and i want to read about more characters other than like the big ones you know what i'm saying yeah yeah uh i i, I just want to dive in deep now so and also note that i find it pretty hilarious lance that you'll find is funny that mm-hmm. um the cover for the 10th issue of this run mm-hmm. is in fact the same image we use repurposed for our podcast it sure is i had yep. no idea it was from this run yeah <laughs> I, I knew that i knew that immediately when you guys first shared it and i was and so excited is, i found that picture and still didn't know yeah <laughs> 
Oh man, yeah, I commissioned that and, and, and still had no clue that it was from Quiver. So it, it yep. was really funny. I was like, oh, oh. <laughs> I was I was one I was wondering if one of you were gonna bring that up because I, I thought about that a lot actually. Um that's that's kind of funny that you didn't actually know it's from this story. Um, oh, yeah, man. <laughs> oh yeah, I, to- I totally knew it because like when, when we were looking for art, like I was looking for some stuff, and then he brought that one, like when when Kev you know showed me that one, I was like, Oh yes, of course, this mm-hmm. one. This yeah. is an iconic one, of course. Um, because I was looking for others that were kind of similar um because there's the there's a classic one of both him and 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 roy uh perched somewhere shooting arrows like you know like oliver's like like because he's taller he's like on one one ledge and then roy's on the other like rest underneath and i was like oh that'd be kind of cool there's another one from a later run i think with phil hester when they were all shooting arrows and then like they knocked something off and it was like a billboard like i thought about that one but then he brought but kev brought me that one i was like oh this is this one's perfect yeah well so here's something that Lance does not know and any of the people who follow our podcast do not know. I actually had two pictures picked out and you said yes to the first one. So I've never suggested a second one, but <laughs> oh. here it is. Here's an exclusive. The <laughs> second cover I had was the famous, my ward is a junkie. Oh, you would have been Oliver, except you would have been saying Kev doesn't know the comics. <laughs> and Zach would have been the Green Lantern. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> so that was my second idea. Oh, that's hilarious. What that's awesome. intro- maybe maybe we can probably still get that one done <laughs> at some point. Maybe. I would love to have it on a mug. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. I, we need to, we need I'm all for that. Somebody. Yes. <laughs> oh, Zach would love that, too. You got to tell him about that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, um, I think what's uh, what's what's really, you know, great about the story is that it it isn't it, it is a first and foremost, a Green Arrow story, but it does include so many characters from the DC universe that I think, um, you know, so for someone like Kev, you know, he brings you in and introduces you to so many characters. Now, you so now you know who the Spectre was. Now, you know, the yeah. stranger, you know, of, of course, you knew Batman, but um you know, like somebody like Spoiler, I'd be willing to bet you didn't know who she was. No clue. Yeah, <laughs> I love the spo- I love the Spoiler so much. Yeah, she's a great spoiler. character. Yeah, and it's 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 just cool to like. I mean, and and you know, I always feel weird gushing about comics with people who've read them because they're like, yeah, sure, of course. But like, e- even even situations where like Batman and Superman are, are speaking, and then they mention other characters who aren't even there. Like, you you get this you get this feeling that like the world is active and things are going on. He was like, yeah. oh, was it Wally? He's like, no, Wally's working with so-and-so doing a keystone you know thing and I was like, it's like it's just cool that they all are aware of each other and it's 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 silly because it's what makes like that's why suddenly everyone is obsessed with like the mcu and the dceu and like yeah. connected stories and intertwining and making mentions of other stories here and there and it's like that's literally what comics been doing forever <laughs> yeah well that well that's well that's why that's why people like that stuff right yeah. like and i and i think you know i don't want to get on my soapbox here about all that stuff but oh, like please um you know the the absence of it, or the the insistence upon not doing that in a sense, in a in an effort to be different or to stand out, hurts your product because what people want is for those people to you know talk and and realize that all these people are in their world. I mean, it's the yeah. same. Re- it's the reason why the Arrowverse crossovers, you know, work so much. Like yeah. regardless of what's going on with the show, with the the shows individually, everybody tuned in for the crossovers because everybody wanted to see. Oliver and Barry have a drink, right? Yeah. Or talk to each other about like, you know, you know, why Felicity's, you know, you know, being annoying at, at whatever time she's being annoying, right? <laughs> or they, they wanted to listen to Cisco, like, you know, nerd out about the new hero or something like that. They like that stuff. Yeah. So or we want to see John Diggle throw up. 
Yeah, like you know, <laughs> like that stuff is fun, and like, and, and yeah. God forbid we have fun with the stuff that we're watching. Yeah, I I think uh, what especially the uh, the the first not the first like big big one, but like the biggest one they did prior to Crisis was Crisis on Earth X, and I think that that was a really good way to if you had never seen those shows you could still jump in and get in on it yeah. and not feel very lost which is what a lot of event comics do mm-hmm. i remember one of the, the first event comic i ever got um well i guess would be identity crisis but the big like epic one was uh, infinite crisis yeah and that you know and, and i was you know I, that was you know 15 years ago that i was kev going like who the fuck are all these people? <laughs> like like kind of not like, uh, you know, being like, I don't know who any of these people are, but not feeling lost, not feeling frustrated, just mm-hmm. feeling like, well, I, I like that I'm being kind of, somebody's holding my hand, leading me in so that yeah. I'm, I, I feel welcome here, you know? And that's, and you know, and that's, and that's the best part about comics is that I think, you know, having a number one like this, having a num- green arrow number one, you know, Kevin Smith kind of takes people by the hands as, hey, like, come here. I'm going to show you some cool stuff, you know, and, you know, yeah. that might, might, sound, might sound creepy, but Kevin Smith <laughs> is a reliable guy. So I think it's OK. Uh, <laughs> this is not a it's not a vehicle situation, right? Yes, yeah. it's it's it. We're in. Let's just say we're in a library and we're safe. OK, not, not a not a friendly stranger in a black sedan. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, But yeah, it, and I think uh, that's in. And that's important for new readers. And this book I actually got uh, the first time I ever read it um, was I was binge watching Smallville uh, season six back in the day, back mm-hmm. when it was still on the air, actually. And I had the DVDs still do um, and Hulu because I'm <laughs> um, you're not alone. Oh, well, good, good. <laughs> um, and I was like, I want to I was like, I want to know more about this Green Arrow guy. And I knew of him, you know, I'd read Identity Crisis. I knew who he was, but that was about it. Um, And then I got that book and I felt like it was like everything I needed to know was, was right there in the book. Uh, So then I started getting other volumes. I got the, the second volume Kevin Smith did the sound of violence and then Mm -hmm. the the Brad Meltzer arc. um, Yeah. Who Brad Meltzer, who wrote, you know, um, Identity Crisis. Yes. And he's really he's really great at putting superheroes in very mundane situations, you know? Yes. And, uh, and I think that that's fun. And, and I think that Kevin Smith is really good at making these larger than life characters feel a little more human, you know? Well, well, and he, and that, and that's the magic, isn't it? Because these, these, these characters, right. As, as even though they're heroes, they're people first. Yeah. Right. And I think some people miss that, that aspect now, like a common criticism of, of dc is that like oh like you know their their characters are you know they're they're too powerful they're too godlike they're hard to relate to and it's like well no they're not they're 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 human as well they're just as human as the marvel characters that have you know they have the same type of problems that like some of you just weren't paying attention um yes the people that and the and the people that are, are have been really skilled at like bringing that stuff out if you look at some of the best stories those best stories are talking about what we're talking about right it's 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 talking about the human first yeah absolutely uh and i think that it's it's uh it's nice to read that and feel like you want your escapism of the of the book but at at the same time you get you 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 get that but you get like oh i i understand this you know who Mm. doesn't feel 
at some point in their lives. Like I'm out of my depth here. I don't know what the hell I'm doing. Like, you know, Kev, you know, as, as a, as a dad as well, I'm mm-hmm. sure you feel that on a daily basis, <laughs> on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and, you know, and I, and I, and I have that too. It, it, you just feel like, you know, my daughter's just screaming her head off. Like we're just, it's like, you know, use your fork, honey. No, I can't. And screams. <laughs> it's like, and I'm just, and we just look at each other like, what the fuck? <laughs> like just, you know, and it, there's nothing we can do. We just have to kind of be like, it, keep encouraging it right and because <laughs> yeah. sometimes i really just you know throw my hands up and go i i, I gotta walk away <laughs> yeah no it's, it's 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 nice watching uh you know you're talking about the human elements of it. i mean even just you know the, the opening segment with uh with uh batman and superman just talking and you yep. know apparently the sun is extinguished <laughs> yeah yes i guess it happened <laughs> in another comics yes. uh, yep. that, that i wasn't aware of and um you know clark is just talking about feeling cold yeah. And they have this like kind of a conversation where, you know, he's just talking about, I, I don't know what this feels like. And it's like, oh, he's experiencing this. And Batman explains how he's documented every type of physical pain he's ever felt <laughs> because mm-hmm. it's a very Batman thing to do. Yeah. You know, it's, it's just like, like, I just enjoyed, I mean, there's just little tiny things. It, it, it's not that hard. I mean, having Black Canary talk about uh, she's PMSing and that's why it's not a good thing for the guy she's about to beat up who's abusing, you know, mm-hmm. his wife. Right. And, you know, seeing Oliver get his Imagine Dragons on, you know, just, oh, yeah. seeing, just seeing people, just seeing them be humans and have like human needs and problems and desires and frustrations, uh, it, it, it levels the playing field with you as you're reading it before you watch them lift a car over their head or shoot an arrow, you know, through another arrow or Batman mm-hmm. beats up 17 guys. It makes you drawn to the character instead of just simply what they can do. Right. Yeah. And that, that may be the issue with like the movies. The movies are so focused on showing us what they can do they don't actually show us who they are, you know? Yeah. That's like Batman can beat up 18 dudes in a warehouse, but we don't know anything about him, really. <laughs> or Message. Superman, you know, you know what I'm saying? So <laughs> I, I, I just stepped on a soapbox and you stepped off. That's all, man. <laughs> but you know, Message. Like, yes. So it seems like, uh, yeah, it, it's just, it's this is masterfully done. Like I, 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 reading this now, I can see why everyone, I mean, even, even people who knew that I wasn't, you know, that I'm not, you know, people didn't assume I was a fan of the Green Arrow, but they would always say like comics you should read. They would always give me like the big list that you guys all, you know, and then they, Quiver was always a part of it. Mm-hmm. And then when I did search Quiver, I got a Green Arrow podcast. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, I, I, I used to listen to those guys. I used to listen to them too. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, so let me, what was the, do you remember the first, uh, so Kev, for you, the first Green Arrow comic you read was probably Green Arrow year one. I'm assuming, or was it a different one? Uh, yeah, for the podcast, we read we read year one, then we read some Arrow comic tie-ins to the show. Mm. And that's probably the original ones. I mean, I guess if you count Smallville season 11, <laughs> there was some green arrows in that. True, true. <laughs> Back in the day, I think Smallville season 11 was the one of the first comics I ever read. And okay. because I was fresh off Smallville and I was just, I just needed more. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, but yeah. So um, yeah, year one, yeah, that's like that's one of the first comments we went over in the show, right, Lance? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, year one. Um, what what about you, Lance? Do you do you have like a memory of like the first Green Arrow comic you read, or are you just because like my story was kind of boring? Where I was like, I think it was this. I don't know, you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, mine actually was a trade of Longbow Hunters. Oh, our favorite. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, we will be covering that on the podcast. Don't worry. Um, I will say for uh season seven of arrow um 
there were no longbow hunters. There That's was correct. they were just assassins. And it was like, just call them that then. You tease yeah. the whole thing, man. <laughs> well, I mean, we we've made jokes about like about it, but like it's gonna be interesting. Like uh when we when you read the book, you'll find out why it's called that, but like it's such it's it's um uh, it's such a letdown because they could have done something with that, like yeah. you know, for the show's purposes, but they didn't even necessarily do that. And so then and they didn't even necessarily do what was in the book either. So uh that's <laughs> that's going to be interesting slash disappointing. <laughs> well, you know, I, I kind of have a theory about that, that the people who are writing these these shows mm-hmm. uh, are, I think that Greg Berlanti, Mark Guggenheim, and Andrew Kreisberg, you know, who you know was fired for being a pervert. Um, Creepy Kreisberg. Creepy Kreisberg. Yeah, <laughs> yeah yes. <laughs> but I think that they, the three of them legitimately were comic book fans and wanted to bring comic book stuff into the show. But when they, you know, are doing other stuff, you have other writers that maybe aren't necessarily big comic book fans and they're just kind of flipping through a DC comics encyclopedia saying, okay, sure. This guy, you know, yeah, that's, that's part of it. Also the, the new 52 is the blame because for as far as far as what we got on, on arrow with the longbow hunters, because that is what they did essentially. Oh, Whereas, okay. Yeah. So, uh, cause I don't know if you read green arrow in the new, the new 52 green arrow. I, but- I read uh, the Jeff Lemire run, which I really okay. enjoyed. Well, well, that was perfect. And that could have been, they, they should have done that on Arrow, like yes. full stop. Yep. But um, but the Longbow Hunters portion that they did was not like the original one. And um, yeah. it's basically what they did on the show. Oh, I, I see. I see. Um, well, that's really disappointing. But yeah. um, <laughs> it's 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 interesting to me because I felt like I was championing for this book to be adapted into the show for a long time. Mm-hmm. And I felt like season four would have been a good element for it because as I think that Neil McDonough, as great as, as fun as he was to watch, it was just a strange choice to have him as the villain because it's one thing when it's Slade or Ra's al Ghul or uh, Merlin because it's like they're better fighters than Oliver. So Oliver has to be better to fight back. Yes. But if you have this magic person, it'd be like Batman taking on Darkseid, you know? <laughs> it's, yeah. it's just like, okay, like it doesn't, it, it doesn't really work. You have to correct the, the, the power level has to match in some way. Um, mm-hmm. But I think that Stanley Dover was human enough that it could have been a more interesting story. I agree. Um, but, you know, maybe not do the whole beast, you know, with no name thing, or maybe they could have, I don't know. Um, mm-hmm. I, I really don't know what the hell they were thinking when they were <laughs> crafting that season. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> but yeah. uh, they were running out of gas. Yeah. I, I, I guess so, but it, it's just it's so strange to me because I, I look back on it and I'm like, man, like this show like was I mean, it, it kind of peaked at two, although I think five is almost as good as at two. Um, okay. And some of six is good. The first half of seven. And I actually liked most of eight, um, despite it being much more fantastical than the other <laughs> seasons were. But I thought it it kind of fit. I don't know. Because they were building up to crisis and yada yada, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, to your to to your point about this being adapted, I, I think you know uh, Stephen Mill came out, you know, after the show had ended and said when the pandemic hit, he actually reached out to them and said, "Hey, let's 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 do another season because he just wanted to work." Right. And I guess if you kind of had Oliver dead as the specter, you could have found some kind of way to adapt it, and maybe Oliver comes back, mm-hmm. and he comes back as season two Oliver. <laughs> the one we all like yeah or something. And he, you know yeah. what I'm saying? and like you know and everyone else has the history and knowledge of everything he's done but yeah. he's stuck back at that oliver or 
you know, you can rework him as he comes back as like a season one beginning Oliver. And because the world is now so DC fantastical, maybe he kind of slides more into that character that we know from the comics instead of being the Batman character type. Yeah, there, there were multiple opportunities in the show for them to do not necessarily a hard reset, but to inch him closer to what we know Oliver Queen as from the comic books. Yeah. Right? Because, I mean, of all the criticisms of the show Arrow, the biggest one is like, well, this is not really Oliver Queen, which in some respects, yes. In some respects, no. He's just like the Oliver Queen from the comics. But um, but in in some aspects, like, you know, wearing the hat, you know, the 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 you know, the facial hair and, you know, being quippy and all that other stuff wasn't going to work on the show that they that they established no. unless they yeah. did something to to change it. And so there were opportunities for them to do that. They just didn't do it because they realized what worked for them was, you know, the early stuff. Right. Because we see what happened in season one and two and for most of three was its own flavor. Season four happens. And then as a result of that, they're just like, the, that, that entire summer until they came back in the fall was we're going back to basics and yep. what, what's yes. happening in season five was the stuff that people wanted to see which was going back to basics of, of season one and two so yep. um and you know when we talk about season four that'll be something we talk about but mm-hmm. um yeah there, there are opportunities to do that but they didn't i think honestly the missed the biggest missed opportunity from um that the era writers did not take from this book was onomatopoeia yes yeah yes uh, this was it, this was my first experience of that character, really. Yeah, I know you had mentioned him to me before, uh, talking about villains that we could have used in certain seasons. Yeah, maybe you brought this character up, but uh, this is my first exposure. Yeah, he's even he's even in Arrow season two point five in one panel yeah. at yep, the yep. end. It's just like he's never he was never on the show. Yeah, and like and and when and now looking back on it because they the, that comic came out after season three, mm-hmm. it's just like well, were they planning on using him and then just never got around to it? Did they forget? Maybe. Uh, what I've heard is that Kevin Smith didn't want anybody to use him. He thinks uh, he thinks that character only works in a comic book. I disagree, because you could say that about a lot of characters that we've seen. That's true. You know, mm-hmm. like, <laughs> I mean, if Paul Rudd can make Ant Man work, I mean, you know, <laughs> sky's that's, the limit. That's, that's my <laughs> argument for a lot of things. It was like yeah. Ant Man made a billion dollars, yeah. so yeah. Ant Man. Yeah, yeah. Um, Guardian, Guardians of the Galaxy is one of the biggest hits. Yeah, in the MCU. S- such a bizarre movie, really, when you think about it. Uh, but you know, it, you know, I love that movie too. But, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, no, no. It, I don't know it, and maybe that's just Kevin Smith being picky about his characters. Who knows? Uh, I was very surprised he never wanted to direct an episode at Arrow. You know, he came on Flash and Supergirl. Mm-hmm. That's you know, true. Um, that is a giant shock. Now that I think about it, that he didn't. I, you know, like it seems like he. De- I, I I wonder. I mean, obviously, they couldn't have been like no if he asked. Yeah. You know <laughs> so I wonder why he never did. I I don't know. Um, I that that I'm, I don't know for sure. But uh, you know, I mean, the I know onomatopoeia. He he thinks is just that only works in comic books. I don't necessarily agree. But then again, you know, they're not paying me anything to <laughs> watch this stuff. If anything, I'm paying them because I'm buying the, the Netflix and the <laughs> DC yeah. Universe and all that. So, That's true. Well, if he only works in a comic, then Kevin Smith needs to hurry the hell up and write his third part to his Batman story. Um, yes. Come on, man. I, I, I don't know. He, he wrote like a Daredevil book years and years ago when the movie first movie came out, the, the Ben Affleck mm-hmm. movie. And it was one issue. And I don't think he ever... It was supposed to be a four-part miniseries. I don't think the other three ever came out. Yeah, um, it's like, bro, you you have you have two parts of your trilogy already done. 
Yeah. Like, give me widening gyre part three. Let's go. Yep. Uh, he was he was George R. R. Martin before. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah. <basically. laughs> um, yeah. Uh, Joss Whedon was a lot like that, too. And boo, Joss Whedon. Um, that guy. But yeah, I mean, that's a whole other topic. <laughs> um, but, you know, you know, whatever. That's that's a whole other thing. But I think uh, what's. You know, the the fun part about, you know, revisiting this book for me is that I feel like it is a bit of a time capsule in DC's history. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, doesn't feel, um, especially now what they're doing, since they did DC Rebirth and, um, oh, I'm, I'm blanking, um, Infinite Frontier and all that, you know, now it feels like, oh, this continuity still kind of exists somewhere right mm-hmm. <laughs> um my biggest gripe with the new 52 i i always said was just like i kind of wish they had just done a hard reset altogether that's what they should have done yeah um because it just, i mean like granted credit to them for being successful at what they wanted to do as far as getting new business is concerned yes, because yes. it worked because it worked um of the of the new 52 i was getting i think between 28 and 32 of those titles mm-hmm. uh because i'm you know you know I'm a loser, but um, <laughs> money but, just doesn't mean I, anything. I, it's fine. That is, <laughs> that is that is the first incorrect statement you said this entire podcast. Last. That is that is true. I, I, I will, I will stick up for my boy. <laughs> Appreciate it. Um, but no, but like it worked, right? Because like I was getting yeah. their stuff, and it's you know some of the stories were interesting and I liked the fact that there was like a freshness in the air and there was like a new vibe that yep. was cool but for it to really have worked it everything should have started from scratch and they probably and like I think they would be better for it and we'd be in a better place with their with the with their comics properties now because this is what we're 10 years away from, we're 10 years out from that yeah the, the the new 52 was 10 years ago and wow. so because yeah. I was at me and Zach were at san diego comic-con went like you know going to all the those panels when they were talking about it and that got us really hyped for it and so but the thing is you know when they they just like yeah we're starting everything back at at issue one but you know batman has had you know he's been around for five years at this point he's had all the robins there's nightwing it's like whoa 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 like how is it that like that he's had his back broken he's had dick grayson become robin and nightwing and he's had jason todd who's been who's died and come back as the red hood and he has said tim drake and he has damien like how is that all that happened in five years well it's not not only that but like dick grayson was batman too in that time period good for, god yeah that's right and then yeah. and then also let, let's not get in get into you know what they did with superman like like it's like oh he's not gonna be with lois he's gonna be with wonder woman he and he and lois are just friends and lois has some other dudes like no nobody cares about that other dude people care about lois and clark hello yes. it it was a lot of really baffling decisions and i think for some of the books it worked it like it worked for like aquaman it uh, did because you got to like start over with him it kind of worked for green arrow a little although again it's like even About just half through, a bit yeah even through just this book i was like i i miss you know roy was still there kind of uh yeah. but it's like i miss him i miss connor you know mm-hmm. i miss the relationship he had with dino that was gone yep. um and it just was this uh you know, because they deliberately designed him to look like Justin Hartley in the they new did. 52, um, which I thought was cool. But at the same time, it's also like, I think that that look looks looked good on Smallville for their budget. Because mm-hmm. um, it was funny, I, I forget like what I was doing, but I was like looking up Green Arrow stuff. And um, and I saw like a side by side of him in his Green Arrow costume next to Stephen Amell in his Green Arrow costume. Yeah. And I was like, man, that costume looks 
way better because he's just fucking sunglasses <laughs> yeah <laughs> and, and like a vest you know and it's like it looked fine back then but look how far we've come kind of a thing you know what i mean mm -hmm. like yeah. like uh like john wesley ship's flash suit versus you know the five or six that grand gustin has had <laughs> oh well john wesley slip ship suit still slaps that thing is yeah. still great i i do not agree but <laughs> that's <laughs> all good <laughs> i think that i think that suit is just strange looking to me <laughs> but uh but i have that's a whole other episode um but you know i i think what uh but you know getting back to uh you know the book finally uh, <laughs> uh i i think that my one of my favorite parts in it some of my favorite parts in it are really the the dialogue stuff not even a lot of the action stuff i i loved getting stanley dover's history mm. i thought that was so twisted and weird and, and like this is one of those screwiest dudes on the planet yeah and then you know getting uh oliver's history when he's talking to himself in heaven was really cool that was um, great but you know and kind of the same with jason blood when he showed up and he explained everything and then he was just like i i'm sorry i i have to kill you and mm -hmm. it's it's such one of those interesting stories where i think we as the audience are like please don't kill him but at the same time in our heads going but he kind of has to you know what yeah. i mean like it's it's such a strange like moral conundrum we're in with oliver and with uh you know the other characters and with jason i should say jason blood which uh by the way did anyone else hear billy zane's voice as jason blood because <laughs> uh, you know he was he was him in the one episode of the new batman adventures mm -hmm. um and uh I, he wasn't him in justice league unlimited i don't no, think it wasn't no uh i don't remember who it was but i but i still hear whenever i read etrigan i read it as as uh jason blood i read it as billy zane <laughs> nice <laughs> um but yeah but this uh you know do, do you guys have any like favorite uh parts of the book or is, what, what were like the standout moments for you you know let's, let's start with you kev i mean all all the uh, yeah i mean you kind of already hit it all the oliver queen conversations in heaven um that concept of like his body being soulless and like how it can be like used for like horrible things and mm -hmm. um him having to like like how he's like no i'm, I'm, I'm kind of cool up here man it, it's heaven you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. mm -hmm. i like being up here just just that concept because um I I I I I like that the DC universe has a heaven. I, yeah. I just kind of think that's cool. Yeah, uh, yeah. So it's it's interesting to and you know Oliver Queen was there and uh and I, so I I was really kind of blown away by that. Um, I know that a lot of comic characters die and come back to life, and uh, I never really cared to know how. I mean, I think one of the coolest aspects is uh something that I didn't catch on because I wasn't expecting it. Uh, one of the very one of the very first pages of the series, Superman feels something on his shoulder yeah and batman's like examining he's like ah oh, he's, like, oh, he's like something's there i don't know what it is and like you find out later what it is and it's like oh that's really cool like you know um and it's it's just it's just, yeah, it's just the whole way they they brought him back it was just you know this is obviously maybe a naive comic statement i i had never seen anything like that yet i mean i don't know mm, people yep. come back like that all the time i don't know if it's a precedent but i thought that was a real interesting way to bring a character back to life instead of just dropping him in a pit and he comes out like a savage, which we just yeah. went through, you know, <laughs> or stuff like that. You know, yeah. um, there was there was there was more to it besides just, uh, you know, and there was a conflict to him coming back. Like, mm -hmm. why if I, if I was in heaven, would I want to come back to Earth and do all the things I was doing? You know, like, yeah. right. So it, it it just posed an interesting question. So yeah, that's probably one of my favorite parts of this this run. Oh, and and a 
a crazy wizard looking Oliver Queen rock and converse. I mean, yeah, you know, like that, that's, that's pretty dope too. That's so. an awesome splash. <laughs> yeah, that's a cool I, pick. That, yeah, with the, the Clorox, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, container that's the boxing mm-hmm. glove arrow. That was amazing. <laughs> what about, what about you, Lance? Um, I, I loved Oliver's, all of his interactions with old teammates and him catching up because you could tell that they were happy to see him back. But at the same time, there was, there's still, something there because you know oliver rubs people the wrong way and and you know there's like like he's he's an asshole but like he's their asshole you know what i mean yeah and so like so like you especially saw that with batman you saw that with uh hawkman and also of course with dinah right because in the comics like though they are a in the comics even though they're like an end game couple the old oliver like you know the pre-crisis oliver queen he and dinah's relationship was not great right yeah like yeah. you know he was not a good guy to her like at all kind of like how he is an arrow so yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you know like i could see why she would be as conflicted as she is when he comes back now granted of course they're going to get their magic dragons on and yes heroes do <laughs> do that as it's heroes shows. do that <laughs> um, oh yeah i forgot to bring that up but yes <laughs> <laughs> um but but yeah, like those those were the I thought that was the most interesting. Him meeting his son also, him yeah. finding a new young person to to mentor and train, right? Yeah. Him talking and seeing Roy for the first time in a long time and seeing that Roy's no longer a kid anymore, but he's a man with a kid, right? Yeah. Like that's a different that's that puts you in a different mindset. And I'm I, like you guys, I know you have kids, uh, but they're still like little, right? I'm yeah. you know, I'm I'm a teacher and I have I've been teaching long enough at this point where I have kids, you know, who like some of them have kids now. And for me, that's a trip because like when I met them, I still remember them as these like, you know, this little, you know, sixth grader, fifth grader. And like, I see them out as an adult, you know, doing stuff. And I'm just like, oh man, like I get a little bit of a thug tear sometimes when I see some of their activities, just like, oh man, they're all grown up. So, um, so, you know, that's a, that's, that causes some emotions for Oliver. Right. Like, and, and he's unsure about, you know, his place. He's, he has to connect and, and, and reassess like you know he's like oh man like was i was i was i really this bad like man like did i really screw this up this badly yeah. uh but he still you know loves them and they still love him it's just now he has to kind of course correct a little bit and I, and I like that conflict for him i i think a lot of that was especially in the the first episode of arrow um yeah you know we in trying to reconnect with 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 uh, laurel uh, dinah laurel lance and then with uh and with tommy and his sister and and everything and uh i thought that that was very well done in that show and uh and, and to your point earlier lance about you know him being you know the a criticism that he's not quite green arrow in the in the comic or i'm sorry in the in the show um i i, I agree with you that like yes and no it but one of my favorite aspects is that there is a lot of that there's still that robin hood element to green arrow that's in yeah that you know in most of the show oh no where, it's a it, that's a that's a consistent through line yeah you know he's he's always trying to look out for the little guy and there's a great line in the uh justice league unlimited series when you know he's like telling batman he's like i don't want to be a part of this you know mm-hmm. i'm just i just look out for the little guy and batman says you know those monsters you don't fight they they step on little guys and it's a it's a great moment you know he kind of and they sort of in a way i think repurposed it in infinity war when <laughs> spider-man says that to uh yeah tony stark he's like he's like you know you can't defend the neighborhood if there's no neighborhood yeah um so that was kind of a good line but you um, know it is uh but yeah no like the he's uh oliver's great in 
in Justice League, as is pretty much everything in the DCAU. He's pitch perfect. Yes. So, um, yeah, we'll get there too, y'all. Oh, uh, great. I can't wait for that. Um, just, 2029. You know, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I think that your show has a little bit more of a, there, there's kind of a finite ending to it. As opposed yes. to Zach, I think he's going to be going on for the rest of his life on Smallville and, and beyond. Yeah, especially yeah. to get his animated series going, right? I know. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, who knows if, if that's going to happen. Um, which, by the way, I, th- I think that Justin Hartley, as the voice of Superman in the Injustice movies, inspired casting. Um, <laughs> I, I, I really do, because I was when I was thinking about it, I was like, he has a very soft, paternal voice. So it's, mm-hmm. it, it'll be interesting to hear him be that soft paternal guy but then turn into a psycho and want to kill everybody and or kill batman and take over the world um but you know i could i could wax nostalgic all day about uh um uh injustice and especially the way tom taylor wrote green arrow and harley quinn in that book was you know some of the best stuff in the entire world uh so kev if you've not read injustice i highly recommend the injustice volumes including year zero and injustice two so gotcha so I got I, I got a whiteboard. I'm gonna add it to it. <laughs> All right, <laughs> he's he's literally doing it. <laughs> I was I'm like, oh. it, yeah. <laughs> um, gentlemen, this has been such a blast. Um, I've you know thought you know it, we I've had you separately on the show. Mm-hmm. Of course, you'll be back on the show because there's plenty to uh, there, there's no shortage of news and and stuff to really sink our teeth into. Yeah, um, and uh, you know it's. And this was this was so much fun. Thank you so much for for making the time for me today, and uh, and I'm glad that we got to uh, to talk about this really really unique, fun, dense book. Yeah. <laughs> you know? um, so Lance, if people want to find you out there in the uh, World Wide Web, where can they find you? Uh, they can find me at Sir Lance Laster on all of my social medias. And you can find Kevin and I over on the United Federation of Podcasts talking about all the things that make Arrow Arrow on Always Hold On to Arrow. Mm-hmm. And you can find us on Twitter at Do Not Fail Our Pod. All right. And Kev, where can we find you? Everything that Lance just said, apart from the Twitter handle, uh, I go by chill underscore US, C H I L L underscore US. That's how you pronounce my last name, Chillis. You can find me on there tweeting about. I mean, anything, really. You'll probably see a lot of pictures of me at soccer games and mm-hmm. talking about the Titans. Famous. Yeah, yeah. And you'll uh, you'll see me talking about Arrow, so, yeah. I love it. Um, that, you know, I'm, I'm very excited to keep listening to you guys' show. Um, I think Appreciate you do, it, man. I, I think you do a great job with it. You know, you have um, – I think you, you have a smart approach to it where I've heard other podcasts that have tried to be like Zach's and fail miserably it's hard <laughs> uh it it, yeah. it really is um so you guys had kind of a smarter approach where it was like <laughs> let's just you know let's just distill this a little bit and we can kind of go from there um but you know just like zach's podcast i i listen and i'm like well now i want to go home and watch arrow so <laughs> <laughs> um so we'll you know like i said we'll get you we'll get your gentleman back uh one way or another kicking and screaming of course i'm kidding i'm <laughs> kidding they came willingly um but uh you know, I want to thank you guys again and uh, just and keep in mind out there, folks, that you don't want to fail this city because that guy, he'll just he'll fuck you up big time. <laughs> <laughs>